Hello, and welcome to BoardCast. I'm your host, Marty Brightman, Policy HR Services Specialist, and I'm pleased to welcome you to this podcast episode. First, I wanted to introduce you to our new HR Services Director, Anna Harmon. Anna joined IASB in July, bringing extensive experience as a rural capacity attorney with an immigrant legal center in Omaha, a court-appointed special advocate in Polk County, and children's rights student attorney at Drake University. Speaking of Drake, Anna earned her law degree there after attending Iowa State University. Welcome, Anna. Thanks, Marty. I'm so happy to be here and share my expertise and skills with school board members in Iowa. I have so much respect for these locally elected public officials who volunteer their time serving students and their communities. Members will have a chance to meet Anna at our upcoming Employee Relations Conference on October 12th. We've got a solid lineup of general session speakers and breakout sessions. And today, we have two of those speakers joining us to share more about their topics. Plus, they will each post questions for you to take back to your board table and expand your learning prior to the conference. All right, first we have Professor Aine Grooms from the University of Iowa joining us today. Welcome, Professor Grooms. Hello, Marty and Anna. Thanks so much for having me. So before we get into the content of your general session, Anna, can you talk about the importance of equity and inclusion as it relates to work culture and why it's so important for our members to invest time and resources? Well, generally, equity and inclusion strategies procure a culture that invites all people to be included, regardless of their background. By encouraging equity and inclusion within the employment context and providing our staff with the best tools to practice and promote equity and inclusion, they're able to bring this learning to the classroom, creating a learning environment where students of all backgrounds feel empowered to participate. Professor Grooms, the K-12 Equity Inclusion Program at the University of Iowa's College of Education is a great place for districts to start when strengthening this work. Can you give us a sneak peek about the program, a high-level overview for the members? Sure. Our 12-hour graduate certificate program will offer students the opportunity to take courses related to education policy, practice, research, and student advocacy. We design their certificate program in such a way that students can choose from a menu of courses that best fit their interest, as well as the specific needs of their schools and communities. Courses are offered year-round, and it's our hope that students will design their courses and their course assignments around a specific problem of practice that they are interested in addressing. Students should be able to walk away from these courses with the knowledge and skills to immediately implement change in their school communities. Thank you. Do you have any specific success stories you've seen from this program that really helps you realize this work is important and is making an impact on public schools? Well, this is actually the first semester that we've offered the program. The certificate was just approved in the spring, and we will start enrollment this fall. So we're hoping to have a lot of people interested in the certificate. One other exciting thing is that students in this program will be taking courses with other graduate students enrolled in our master's, specialist, EDD, and PhD programs. So there'll be lots of opportunities for engaging in critical conversations around the complex educational, social, political, and economic issues facing schools and communities today. I can't wait to learn more about the program October 12th. Last, Professor Grooms, I'd like you to share one or two discussion questions that boards might consider before coming to your general session. Sure. I'd like to ask school boards to think about these two questions. First, what are one or two specific equity concerns in their districts? 
I think a lot of times we think about, you know, success for all kids and equity for all students, but to really hone in on very specific equity concerns. And then the second question would be for school boards to think about who are the students that are overlooked in the data. Sometimes data doesn't fully capture exactly what's happening in a school district. So I would offer districts to really think about digging deeper into their data. Great. Thank you so much for taking the time to join us today. We look forward to your session at the conference. Thank you so much, and I'll see you there. And now we have Amy Mayer from the RAPIL program here to share information about her general session. Anna, first, can you talk about the challenges we've seen districts face when finding qualified professionals for hard-to-fill positions? Sure. Typically, we may have tended to think that filling these hard-to-fill positions was limited to our more rural districts, but we are now finding that this is the case across the board, rural, suburban, and urban. Overall, we are seeing a downward trend in people choosing teaching as a career path and remaining in the teaching profession pipeline. Amy, you're the coordinator for the region's Alternative Pathways to Iowa Licensure, RAPL program. First, how do you say RAPL? Did I pronounce that right? And then tell us a little bit about the program and how alternative pathways to licensure can benefit teacher retention and recruitment. Sure. Thanks, Anna. And you got that perfect. We do love our acronyms in education, don't we? So yes, I am the coordinator of the RAPL program, and RAPL is a teacher preparation program that's accredited by the Iowa Department of Education. We use an internship model instead of the traditional student teaching model that you would find in most undergraduate teacher prep programs. And what's really unique about our particular program is that it's a collaboration of all of the region's schools. So the University of Iowa, the University of Northern Iowa, and Iowa State University all provide resources to this program. Our program students are all career changers, so they already have an existing bachelor's degree and some experience in their content area. And they're coming to our program to get that foundation in education pedagogy that will help them make a successful transition from their business world into being a really successful teacher. What's great about our program is it only takes two years to complete. So it's faster transition time than if they would go back and do a second bachelor's degree. And the advantageous part then for school districts is that our candidates are older, more seasoned, they already have experience, they likely come with ties to the community that they would like to work in and teach in. Many have families already and have children in the school district, so they're very familiar with that school district. And we've also seen an uptick in school districts coming to us because they have a really valuable associate or longtime sub that, again, has ties to the community and is well known in this school district that might be interested in becoming a classroom teacher. So there's some great advantages for, on the school district side uh, to a program like RAPL as well. Thank you, Amy. Do you have any statistics you can share about the program, the number of districts your program has helped, how many professionals have completed your program? Absolutely. Our program is 11 years old, so we've completed 11 cohorts of, of teachers. That's 170 teachers that we've licensed and are out and working in the state of Iowa. In those 170, uh, we've served 92 school districts, so lots of repeat intern hires in those school districts that have had an intern teacher. We'll work with any public or private institution in the state. 
One thing to keep in mind with our particular program is that we only serve secondary programs, so just middle and high schools. And one thing that we're really proud of is the trajectory of our graduates and how long they stay in their position. We've started doing some additional research, but right now, three years post-completion of the program, 70% of our graduates are still teaching, and more than half of them are still teaching in that school district where they completed their internship. So kind of going back to, you know, they have roots in the community. Once they start teaching there, they want to stay there. One thing we're really excited about with our incoming cohort of new students is that more than half of them are in shortage endorsement areas. So more than half of our teachers that we will be moving forward into uh, schools next school year are in industrial tech, business, and also in the world languages. So we've got a great group of students that are going to help meet those shortage area needs in the state of Iowa next year. This sounds like such a strong program, Amy. Something districts may really want to consider learning more about. Do you have one or two discussion questions boards might discuss prior to hearing your session at our conference on October 12th to help them prepare? Absolutely. I think one of the great things that you could take a look at is, do you have some local talent that would be a great fit for this program? Do you have wonderful associates that are currently in your school buildings? Do you have subs or long-term subs that you really, really like and would love to have them be a more permanent part of your district community? And if so, is this a program that would help them make that transition And so can you identify some folks that would really benefit from a program like Rappel? And then kind of on the flip side of that, if this is the first time you're hearing about an alternative pathway program, what hesitation might your district have in thinking about hiring a candidate who's coming through an alternative pathway? If you've really been committed to hiring folks who are coming out of traditional pathways, Are there some things that I can answer for you in my session or some things that might relieve some of that hesitation that you have about considering someone who's coming from an alternative pathway? Thank you, Amy. We're looking forward to learning more about this program. So if you haven't registered yet for our employee relations conference on October 12th, we've got space for you. Anna, apart from the two topics we've discussed today, equity and inclusion and alternative licensure, what are you most looking forward to at the conference? Well, I'd like to start with saying how excited we are to see all of you again in person. The day will be a mix of general sessions for our entire audience, in addition to several breakout options throughout the day, so districts have the opportunity to choose their learning track. And for any members who didn't know yet, Anna, you've been working on guidance for affirmative action plans, and we'll be releasing that guidance as well as discussing at the conference. Yeah, the guidance is meant to help board members create an affirmative action plan that fits their district. The guidance provides templates, helpful notes, and legal references to assist boards in forming and implementing their plans. We're looking forward to sharing ISB's new affirmative action plan guidance this October. Sounds like we've got lots of important information and resources for districts at the conference. Thanks for joining us for today's episode of Boardcast. We'll see everyone at the ER conference on October 12th. You can register at www.ia-sb.org slash erconf.